Greetings, pals. Hi there, pals. How are we all? Hi, pals. Afternoon all. I'm very well, Marcus. Thanks for asking. No, I was asking my pals. Oh. That's us. Audience pals. They're not answering. (laughs) They'll tweet us (laughs) on our Twitter. It's live. Um, Welcome to Throwing the Power, the podcast where we talk about movies, as you probably know, but we come in and I theoretically love a movie. Someone else theoretically hates a movie. Apparently only Frank theoretically loves a film. Yes. Not the rest of us. I'm just trying to give like an example. (laughs) Like maybe it's me. Hypothetically. You're pathetic. Uh, How pathetic. Good one. one. Keep going. So two of us us are ready to disagree. The other two are maybe mysteries. Vistaries. (laughs) This is just the worst explanation you've ever done. Last week's episode begins with us being like, we're really getting into structure, guys. And Frank (laughs) kicked the door down today and was like, fuck it. (laughs) One of us, uh, we disagree. Okay, so I'm offended by, Chris, you're you're okay. (laughs) But Marcus and Tom, fuck off. I do this every time and it's hard to try and keep it fresh. All right, Tom, you do it. Okay. Go. Hey, guys. Uh, welcome to uh, uh, Hey Pal Productions production uh, of uh, the podcast Throw in the Pal. The main premise of this oh is that we have some people who enjoy a movie, some people who dislike it, and we try to have a conversation, a bit of a dialectical about whether we can agree or disagree about the status and the merits of the film. Today, we're going to be discussing Everything Everywhere All at Once. It's a 2022 film by The Daniels. Daniel Kwan, Daniel Shiner. Thank you very much. Thomas, I wasn't actually done, Frank. Th- that was textbook, by the way. Well, I give that intro a four. Out of Ooh. five. Thank you so much. <laughs> four stars. <laughs> uh... Chris's ratings are all out of five. That's canon. But Frank is visibly upset that the uh, that, that all happened. And I'm, I'm going to mute my mic for you know 20 minutes. <laughs> just take a moment. Scream into a pillow. That was yeah. a great intro, Tom. We're, we're very it was nice. <laughs> you know, very well done. <laughs> you, you <laughs> it really toppled him, this. I, uh, no, I appreciate that. So we, we rate out of 11? We do rate out of 11. Why is that, Tom? Uh, because that's how many seconds passed after the film finished that I ordered a butt plug for myself after <laughs> having watched this movie. But now Frank's upset at me, so he'd like me to add- Spoiler alert. That it's also the amount of Oscars this movie was nominated for, which he did pitch to me without knowing was the case, and he actually got it right, just yeah. on guess, so- that was that's pretty great. So yes, good work, Frank. Thanks, everybody. It's great to be here. <laughs> On that phone call, uh, you were much more better, well spoken than I did. Just much, more better, I much, much more better. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Stop giving me a nipple cripple. Oh, <laughs> Maybe I'll do great. better. Great. So throwing in the power. Who likes to? Who likes the film? <laughs> Frank's lost the plot. I love this movie. Ten point three. Holy Whoa. shit. What? 10.3? I don't know if there's a sound that should accompany that. Maybe if it has a couple of instruments. That's the one. That's the heart. How about that? That's new. I've just learned to play it. <laughs> I have many fingers. Okay. You brought it in and we all decided not to ask. Oh, I don't know that one progression though. Practice makes perfect. Harp. I like that. Yeah. Um, 10.3. I love this movie. That's wow. insane That's to a, me. Is that the highest score we've had? Uh, I'd say so. I don't yeah. think anyone's got it. I think you went 10 for the Batman. I did. You did. 10.3. So 10.3. Wow. Okay. Well, who wants to disagree with that? I'd love to because I, I didn't like it. I will in a sense. Oh. This is about a 6.5 for me and I should, I should love this film. And I'm actually looking forward to hearing Tom talk about this because I want him to convince me to go up. So I, feel sorry. I'm, I want to throw in the pal. I want to go wow. up. Wow. A 6 point what? 6.5. Which is just above the middle of six. And Frank hated this. Yeah. Well, I didn't like wow. it. Wow. Yeah. This uh, is good. I'm going to give it a five. I love this. I didn't expect this to go this way at all. I really didn't. Okay. Well, yeah. What do you think, Marcus? Um, I watched this film twice within the span of two weeks and when the first time I watched it, I didn't like it. 
Um, mm, keep that's the sound for first watch. Yeah. Now let's introduce the um, second watch. Yeah. Watch the second time you went. <laughs> the the second watch, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So, uh, for argument's sake, I'll sit on the fence at a six. Uh, we've done too many sounds, but mm. bling, bling, bling. Yeah, I'm a six. Give your fingers a rest, Frank. You're yeah. working hard over there. So much hard. And again, with Chris, I'm willing to be swayed either way here. I, I want a strong argument from Tom and so Frank. Let's quickly clarify. Tom's got it at 10.3 and I've got it at 5. That's insane to me because we generally have a similar. Well, you loved cats. (laughs) Words right out of my mouth. (laughs) That one time. He did love cats. Then he saw the film and went, now I hate cats. Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, should I go first? And I feel like. <laughs> Wait, so we talked about who directed, who saw oh, yeah, in this context. Let's, let's cover that first. Structure, everything, everywhere, all at once, 2022, directed by the Daniels, as you said, starring Michelle Yao, Stephanie Shu, Jamie Lee Curtis, and of course, Ki Hai Kwan. Ki Hui Kwan. It's Ki- kind of like, it's like, kind of like Kiwi, but there's like a H. Ki, Ki-, so Ki-, like Ki- Hui Kwan. Ki- oh, thank Hui. you. I just call him Ki. That's Ki- all Hui. I've ever heard yeah. people say. Ki, we're going to say Ki for today because I was yeah. worried about that. I think Ki is fine. Cool. This is an A24 film as well. What do you With mean by A24? The production company A24. Production no, company, I know. Which is important to me because I feel like A24 is like everything it touches is gold at the moment. For the context of the listeners, if you've ever seen a film that's got that sort of opening shimmering A24, you might have seen like Hereditary, The Witch. Um, you might have seen what are some other ones that A24 have done? Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, A- A24 is very well known for, for those sorts of the lighthouse, you know. Um, so, so you'd say, you know, not mainstream, not blockbuster types, a bit more creative. They're probably more- the most mainstream indie film uh, production company. Mainstream moment, indie. Which they're is, bit, that's it. You they're an oxymoron. Of, I love yes. that. Mindy. And I think this movie especially. Mindy? Indie. There's a there's a tie in there to Indiana Jones. Oh, hello. Okay. Very nicely there done. Mindy. Um, Mindy's fine. Mindy. A quick synopsis for those who haven't seen it because- I feel like it was popular, but maybe not everyone has seen it. A middle-aged Chinese immigrant tries to do her taxes. Sounds about right. That's right? accurate. That is accurate. That is very accurate. That's how it starts. <laughs> do you want the IMDb one? Is that a middle-aged Chinese immigrant is swept up into an insane adventure in which she alone can save the existence by exploring other universes and connecting with the lives she could have led. Mm. So it's a multiverse vibe. There's yeah, many, I'm not many- sick of that concept. <laughs> Sorry. Are you? I yeah, I'm so done with it. There's like three. No. Multiverse. It's interesting it's- that Michelle Yeoh is in this. Mm-hmm. Um, she, of course, played Captain Giorgio in Star Trek Discovery. He's into it already. Here we go. She, was then, she then also plays Emperor Giorgio from the Mirror Universe. So it's oh. a multiversal thing in Star Trek as well and then comes into this. So, so she already knew how to play it. Damn straight. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Also to answer Experience. the question, multiverse has been around for a while, Frank. Okay, tell me more. No, that was it. I'm okay, from, thank I'm, you. I'm, Chris <laughs> oh, answered it. In, in Star Trek, the, the Mirror the mirror Universe has been around since the original series in the 60s. See? So, yeah. okay, Star Trek did it. For Drink. In popular media, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a new thing. No, for the travesty that was the multiverse of madness, I hated that film for the record. Wow, we have a strange movie from last year. Yeah, hated yeah, it. Sam Raimi film. That's like a three. And so I think I went into this going, Ugh. Just that. And then what happened? Uh, admittedly, I was pretty tight. I don't know why I'm the one talking about this. But anyway. Because <laughs> there's only four of us who can no, talk. No, that's fair. That's fair. I went into this um, pretty tired, 
and so I wasn't as switched on as I should have been. This is the first time or the second time? The first time. And so I think I just didn't really take it in for what it was. The second time I watched it, I was like, I missed most of this. I wasn't listening. And then I was watching things and re-watching things and it was kind of great. It's hard to hear over the, ugh, that gets in the way after a while. That is a long sound to maintain for two and a half hours. It is a long film. Also, turn the volume up on your TV. Stop watching shit on mute. And the sound wasn't associated to the film itself. I was just making that noise. (laughs) Had a long day. Um, No, but I want to hear about uh, you guys. I'll just go quickly because I don't have a lot to say. I- I watched it. I've watched it twice. I watched it at the cinema, and then I watched it at home in preparation for today. And I just, I wanted to love it so bad. It's such a great concept. It's so interesting. It looks amazing. The performances are amazing. Not, I can't, I can't fault it on a like the way it's been done on a creation level. Biblical reference. I <laughs> there he is. Well, <laughs> since when do you know anything about that? <laughs> Let's talk about it later. I just think it's awesome. But I just it just didn't land for me. I just didn't like it. I just go, yeah, okay, well done, guys. But I did, it's not for me. Did you get hype going in before no, going? No, in? Oh, okay. no hype. No hype. Kind of actually got people going. It's weird. Good luck. And I was like, oh, okay. And for me, I was like, yeah, let's go. Weird. I might have told you before you went because I remember getting a message from you after you saw it. So I think I'd said I went and saw this movie and I loved it. Yeah. And then I got a text from you and you were like, mm. this is this is almost the origins of this podcast because I loved this. Yeah. And you text me back and I'm like, Ugh. and I was like, God, I can't believe you've had that reaction. And then I went and saw Elvis and yeah. told you this movie sucks. And then you went and saw it and you text me like, are you an insane person? That's the greatest <laughs> the film I've ever seen. And I was like, okay, we need to have conversations about so this maybe, on the record. Maybe I take back my thing. Maybe we don't agree ever. No, I don't. Apparently I like not. We, yeah. Maybe yeah. just in life. Um. Yeah, I didn't have any notes. I thought the fight choreography was awesome. That's that's one of my main notes that I wrote. And can I, I throw out a crazy theory? You can throw in a pal. Bam, bam, bam. Uh, <laughs> the the gentleman that plays short round. I don't remember. Keith his name. Don't remember his actual character's Waymond. name. Waymond. It's Waymond. Waymond in the film. Uh, he has the scene with the fanny pack with the fight with the fanny pack, and awesome. I went, "Oh, was this originally meant for Jackie, Jackie Chan?" Chan. Of course. Because it, it just smacks of Jackie Chan. Can I say something? Please. It was written for Jackie Chan. But, <laughs> no, no, no. But, wait, wait, wait. Not Key's character, Michelle Yao's character. Yeah. Oh, really? That yeah. Was going okay. The story, and they went, no, let's make it a woman. This designed for Key, right? Uh, I don't Is what know I read. I'm pretty sure okay. the writers had him in mind from get-go and yep. they built this film around using him. Interesting. Not not around him, but they built that character for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah not yeah, the yeah. film. It was tailored. Yes. tailored for him. I've read interviews where he auditioned. Like he didn't get the offer, but certainly they may have had. Well, he hadn't acted in 20 years. That's it. Well, 30 almost, I think. Like Maybe was, 25. Okay. Well, 26 and a half. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah, he, he certainly came into this after a very big break. As you guys have identified, I'm not that big of a Indiana Jones fan or Goonies. Actually, I've never seen, but mm. I know he's data in he's Goonies. Data. 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 <laughs> And he's Star Trek. And uh, he's in Indiana Jones: A Short Round in mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Temple of Doom. He's yep. also in, seen that movie. He's long time also ago. in Encino Man. Yes, that's true. Brendan Fraser. How about that? <laughs> and that, that was kid? like basically his last role, right? Where he just went, "All right, well." It's weird. We've brought this film up before as well. Encino Man. I don't yeah. know if we ever have a day where one of us doesn't bring up Encino <laughs> California Man. Man remember? <laughs> California yeah, Man. it could that's be it. both depending um, on what country. And he had a really difficult time getting cast. And as is clear, like, you know, even in roles like when he played Short Round in Indiana Jones and when he played 
uh, data in the Goonies. It's like that's a role written for an Asian kid and it's kind of going like, hey, check out this Asian kid. How about that? And that's basically it. And so he saw- It's a little token. Yeah, it's It's very tokenistic. And I think he saw a lot of his white sort of contemporaries grow up, get roles and him just be like, oh, apparently there's no roles for me out there. So he became like a- Just left behind. An assistant director. He became like- Stunt. Stunt Stunt coordinator worked on X-Men, I think. Yeah. He he was like a a co-director or like an assistant director with, not co-director, assistant director with Wong Kar Wai on 2046, um, which this movie references a lot. But anyway- He's, I think, very good in this. I think the cast in this movie is great. He's so unique to what he brings to screen as well. I love his voice. I love his little voice. His (laughs) entire voice. So high. (laughs) You were talking last week, uh, Frank, about how you saw kind of a a Michael J. Fox and Tom Cruise overlap. I think Ki Hee Kwan sort of has a bit of a Michael J. Fox energy to him. Like he's very. I'd agree with that. He's very sort of endearing. And has that can kind yeah. of exist in these absurd circumstances and ground them. He's maybe a little bit more helpless than you typically see. But even Michael J. Fox, you do sometimes uh, see in circumstances where he like helpless? has. I would say plays it, helpless. Well, like he plays his main role in this as Waymond is often like the sort of at least the very damsel incredibly almost. vulnerable. Yes, <laughs> yeah. and that's a version. And well, obviously, a- he has the moments where he's kung fu all over the place and he's amazing. But like he he can be quite vulnerable. And the well. default like universe one Waymond is damsel in distress yes. needs help. Whereas you know, but then it's so great to see him play all the different variations where he's just kicking ass and just being cool. And calm, his character collected. shifts between the two are so great. Like seamless. I think all the character def- shifts between universes are really. Like that's a, I imagine that's come from the Daniels directing choice to be like, yeah, you can tell, you can see it. It's a very obvious switch, which, yeah, is, nice. which I think is fun. It is nice. I agree with that. So I, can I say, yeah. when I watched this the second time, I couldn't unsee. Once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. And then I started just comparing the two all the way through. Not to say that I didn't love the film, but this movie to me was The Matrix. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I would agree. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, finding the one, um, shifting between reality and and you know the different worlds and and you know like effectively jacking in and learning these different um, yeah, skill sets. So and, true. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, in none of the universes, she's ever an accountant, which doesn't help things. Yeah, <laughs> that's a shame. <laughs> and credits. <laughs> Taxes. Oh, that's, so good. that's funny. As we learned from the synopsis, yes. Um, and you know, the daughter is effectively what, like the Agent Smith equivalent. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It was a lot to take in, and but then, like, and I love the Matrix growing up as mm-hmm. well. So, I I enjoyed it, I guess, because of it almost. And you can tell, like you said, Chris, um, there's a lot of Jackie Chan choreography in there. Um, I could see Jackie Chan doing this film. It would have been incredible, but it's also kind of nice to see new faces coming through and taking the same sort of like stylized, like um, paying homage to him in that sort of yeah, like fun fight scenes. Yeah, where it's like, like he's like with, with dorky, dorky yeah. fight scenes. It's like got a sense of comedy, self of like self-effacing mm. sort of. Mm. Someone gets hit in the nuts, and it's always like just that funny gag. So yeah, I like it too. It's a movie that's very. But I didn't like the movie. Let me just clarify that. Okay, <laughs> it's a movie that's very, very uh, willing to be goofy. Yes. And sentimental. I don't think it's cloying. I don't think it's too much for me anyway. It definitely hit and, and earned all of its sentiment. Um, we were talking, God, a while ago now about The Mummy. And I remember saying that I think there are movies that are transcendently silly. They're very, they're so uh, willing to be 
the sort of film they are and like we considered Ghostbusters in this category, not not a movie that I have seen and loved, but I know that, that Chris feels that way about it. Um, and to me, this is that kind of movie. It's so willing to be a movie where a character can use dildos to beat someone to death uh, and googly eyes can be on rocks and that can be the plot and it's still incredibly emotionally affecting and takes you along for the ride. So that's that's my feeling towards it in a nutshell. I have several other things to say. But- I'm, I'm sure you do. I think the googly rock scene is the most heavy hitting. The most profound scene it's in the film. It's just yeah. stunning and what an idea. Like pet rock comes to life or whatever you want to call it. But like that's when the movie sort of takes breath and you sort of take stock of the ride you've been on for the last hour and a half at that point or whatever it is. And I remember sitting in the cinema and I was with my wife, Lucy, and I was like- Brag. <laughs> I was like- <laughs> we both- Also, I have to say, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. You just indicated the height of a child next to you. No, no, you no. Just I, held, just, I just- You held your hand up like three feet off the ground. You went, Lucy. my wife. And I'm like, I met her. She's my not, wife, Tom Cruise. She's not Tom Cruise. Uh, I think, it's, I think it's, it's, it's still fresh in his mind. So it was like a bracing, like- my wife. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still getting this terminology sorry, right. So it was a fist pump. I actually. was gesturing sideways. My wife. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> anyway, what I was trying to say, we, we're at the we're at the rock scene, and we both were in the cinema, and that was the one moment because we both sort of walked out and went, mm, "That wasn't great." That was the one scene where we actually went, <laughs> "Wow!" Like we we had a moment whilst that scene was happening because it was genius, so fucking weird this, from the guy that didn't like the film. Yeah. For the record. Yeah, yeah. But then it goes back in and I go, okay, I'm over it again. Like just slow down or give me that. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. So you felt it was too much. It was too much. And I, yeah, I really enjoyed the slower moments, I guess. So maybe I did think it was too much. Overstimulating. Way too fast. Um, I'll ask the two of you with your differing levels on it. I'll get Frank to go first just because we know Tom's answer is going to be 20 minutes long. (laughs) And this, this will help me change my- voting on this. What is the message of the film? What is it actually trying to say? Uh, love and family are important and be content with what you have, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what's that, 10 seconds? <laughs> and now the essay, Tom? <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> In 1776. <laughs> Hamilton. Hamilton reference. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> let me finish. No. Um, <laughs> let you start. Let me start. Let me start. Let me cook. I... Uh, I don't disagree with what Frank said. And I think just as like the post-it note version, that is it. And I think a lot of the time I find my favourite films can be boiled down to some very simple messages. And it is a very simple message in that regard. I think if you want to go more complicated with it, it's a story about culture shock and the immigrant experience and the difficulty of raising children in a place that is different to the world you grew up in. And not just different to the place you grew up in geographically and culturally, but with the online sort of uh, effects of the world and how much things have become oversaturated. I see Joy, whose name is Joe Butapaki. Joe, jo, I think that's her name. I'll, we will clarify that. But she's like as the villain, Joy. She is basically a victim of the syndrome of like being terminally online, and that the world has become so overfilled and overstuffed with like avenues and apertures for you to get lost in just sort of digital extremism that you're just like, what, why the fuck should I care about anything? Like every, all I do is get online and see that people have done everything I could ever try and do a million times and that the world is getting worse and that I don't even know if my parents and I can relate to each other anymore. And in any universe, 
all of this will go away and we're all going to die because of heat death anyway. And so I think the film manages to get it to a point where it's like, you should know that that's all true and it's okay to feel that and know that and still feel grateful. What an answer. Oh, Marcus. <laughs> what an answer. No, it was good. It was actually not so I appreciate it. You broke the moment so <laughs> rudely. <laughs> that, that's, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I, I – I, I, coming out of this, I felt like I missed something. Uh-huh. Like you have yeah. the, the, the visual at the end. You've got the grandfather holding the father, holding the mother, helping the daughter back out of the bagel black hole. It's like, uh, okay, so, yeah, family is important. Okay, I know that. Is that all you have to say? I, I felt I, I felt I've missed something, and what you've just said then, Tom, shows me that yes, I've missed a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I get how there is just like it's also the degree to which you care about something, how much you look at. So, like, I think there's only as much in this movie as much as you enjoy it, because at the end of the day, there's you could put all this theory and stuff into it, and then go like, yeah, but I still didn't find an enjoyable experience. So any rea- reaction to this is valid. I love the bagel as an image of just like the what, everything. What bagel. does yes? What does utter nihilism look like if you just go fuck? You know, and the fact that it's a bagel, which makes it very funny. <laughs> and one of my favorite moments in the movie when she just goes is explaining it and her like morbid depression, and then Stephanie Shu just goes sucked in. To a bagel, and she just sings that, and I'm like, "What is? What is happening? <laughs> what ten is straight this away? It's a ten genius film. Uh, I loved it a lot. I have okay. very few criticisms of it that we will probably get to that are going to surprisingly uh, have something to do with Marcus and Frank. But that's a little teaser for what's uh, coming. No, no, up. no, not necessarily. Um, we'll go back. Oh, yes, no, no, you no, were, necessarily. You were, co- <laughs> you were correct. It is Jobu Tabaki. Ah, uh, that's so funny. Is the, but Joy, I, ha- I want to insert here very briefly that I have a student of mine who I talk with movies about, and because um, you're a tutor, because I'm a tutor, and uh, this student of mine, she's like year twelve. Well, she finished last year, and I'm still seeing her for uni this year. And she went and saw this movie and loved it. And she's like, "Oh, I loved that character, Jojo Bukaki." Bukaki. Jojo Bukaki. And I was like, oh and I just kind of went. Ooh. Um, that's not their name. And she goes, I'm going to look it up. And I'm like, don't look it up. Don't do that. No. Oh, dear. No, look, I'm with Chris where I just wanted you to or someone to explain what they saw in it, why they loved it. Because I, on the flip side to what Frank said, I heard too much hype going in. Mm. Um, And so when I watched it, I was like, hey, you know, it was a passable film. I enjoyed it. There's like those moments and the choreography to me was great. Like, but why... I enjoyed it, but why? And I couldn't answer that. So, and I'm the I'm know. the same on the on the. I, I didn't enjoy it, and I don't know why. Okay, like I can't like, I can't pinpoint what mm. I didn't like about it. I just at at the end I felt underwhelmed. Like That's you fair. see I you see, see so much you have, so much happens and it's so epic and unique. And then I the credits roll. Was it, there's also that mid credit mid movie credit scene. We'll come back to that. Anyway, the credits roll, and I was like. <laughs> Anyway, what are we having for lunch? Yeah. Like it just it just didn't grab me. And like Chris said, maybe I missed something, maybe just didn't uh, didn't pay enough attention or didn't read into it enough. But like it's so ready to be silly and funny, but I didn't I didn't really laugh, wasn't really having a good time in that regard. 
because maybe I was thinking, oh, maybe it's trying to be profound and it's not like I can't just have a good time and watch it. Like maybe I'm trying to put too much on it because normally I watch a movie and I let it happen. I don't overthink it. I'm like, cool to let it wash over me. Whereas maybe this time because it was so erratic and big themes, I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe maybe I should think this time and maybe I've. But maybe that's the issue. Maybe that's why we feel the way we do because I'm we the- wanted this film to be just a big fun adventure for what it was and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, there's a message here. I have to think about it and I have to unpack it. And I didn't want that maybe. I don't, I don't know. It's, a, it's almost like a victim of The Matrix because we all went and saw The Matrix as teenagers. Mm-hmm. Amazing action but there is messages underneath it that you unpack over time. This is, as Marcus says, it's it's in that similar car- uh, similar. Category, it, it could be the matrix for this generation, but are we then going in looking in the wrong spots because they're not remaking the matrix, they're doing their own thing? But we're like, oh, I need to be looking out for this and this, but we've actually missed the point. Yeah, that's so true. No, I think you're right. Tom, do you think we've missed the point? I don't think you guys have missed the point. I stick by what I said just before, which is like a film's uh, message, moral, whatever, overarching theme is only as evident and useful as, as you enjoy it. Like yeah. a film has to be entertaining. I said all that stuff and if someone asked me why I loved the movie, that would only be a, a part of it. I was wildly entertained by this film. Does a film always have to have a message? Not at all. And just for the last time I'll name drop it for now, but a lot of people online, this is not my observation, but have said what's the greatest film ever made without a message? And I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, Chris, but a Apparently the voted answer to the online discourse is Ghostbusters. That would make which sense. Which is kind of like not that there's no emotionality to it and not that there's no connection there, but if you went what's the theme of this movie, Don't. it's like <laughs> <laughs> who are you going to call? Like, <laughs> that's kind of it, right? And so like a movie can be just empty fun. I think this is more than that. But the empty fun or, well, it doesn't feel empty to me, the, the like purposeful fun of this movie and the pers- purposeful design of it where the hectic nature of mm. the multiverses and everything is in service of this idea of are we exposing ourselves to too much? Everything, everywhere, all at once. Like I think is just a perfect title for a movie that's about how are we going to cope with the onslaught of information, of content that we have around us mm. and how do you make your life matter when you know that it could be different and that you've made a choice that's not necessarily conducive to a good life. This explains to me, I think, why I didn't enjoy it the first time because I was expecting just to turn my brain off, enjoy it for what it was sort of film. Uh And then the second rewatch I was looking into it a lot more and then I did enjoy it because I understood the point or I think I understood the point. Mm. So maybe that was it. I think the rewatch helped. Um, I did, in fact, enjoy this film and now that I know that there is, you know. Might might I give it a third go now that we've heard Tom's monologue? Possibly. He's converted. I'm going to watch it. Many more, many more times. Many, many, moons, moons, many, moons, moons, many, many moons, moons from now. <laughs> let's quickly, let's quickly, let's go through the Oscar noms because, like we said, there's eleven, which is a lot. Crazy. Of Oscar nominations. Might be able to tell you them all. Go on, list go. them. All right. Oh, they're going to be in order. I don't know what to say. I'll see how it go. Best yeah. picture. Yeah. Best director for the Daniels. Mm. Uh, we've got best actress for Michelle Yeoh and best supporting actor for Kihi Kwan. Two best supporting actresses uh, for Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Hsu. I'm so over the moon that Stephanie Hsu was nominated. That was never going to happen. Like she didn't get nominated for a lot of other things, so I'm so happy about that. Uh, she let's has she been in much? She uh, I, I was like looking at this the other day. New. She's in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Apparently, she's got a, like a recurring role in that. She and has I, forty credits. 
She's yes. in Poker Face, that new TV show. Sure, Kung I've Fu seen. Panda. I've seen like she was in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, like as a protester in an episode. Like she's had, she's like thirty-two, I think, and she's had like kind of bit parts. So many bit parts. But she's in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and apparently she's quite good. Um, so those are the acting, directing, and best picture. We've also got best original screenplay. We've also got best score. Yes, we've got best original song. Yes, we've got best costuming. We do, and we've got best sound mixing. Mm. No, no. Best film editing. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Film editing. Okay. Yeah, that's very close. He did okay. all of that with a blindfold on, <laughs> just for our audience. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, this movie has eleven nominations. It's more. No, it's crazy. You knew those yeah, off the top of your head. I'm a little obsessed. Um, <laughs> this is his favorite film of all time. This is my favorite <laughs> film of all time. They're written and on the inside of the blindfold. Yeah. <laughs> did this make a top ten for you? Uh, top. What do you mean? Of last year? No, no of, of, your, of all, all time. time. Um. For the listeners, we recently did our top films of all time list together. Oh, I've no, not we didn't actually. <laughs> Frank and I did. Chris and I did. Hey! We're still waiting on Marcus and Frank. I can't Chris's, count that high. I'll do it on the day. Chris's, I don't know if everyone knows this, but there are 38 Star Treks and 37 <laughs> of them were on Chris's. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not putting the one he left out. I'm not putting the final frontier in there. <laughs> what does God need with a starship? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> that shit. And what about- the 38th was uh, Beethoven, right? That was it. Yeah. Um, I with The dog. The dog. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I sat down to make a top 50 list, this is probably on it. I Wait, like, so you're top, raving about it like 50. this yeah, and it changed your life and it's not even top 50. It might be top 50. It might be. Well, yeah, it's not an 11. It's 10.3. Yeah. You have 30. Well, how many movies do you have that are 11 or that are 10.4 and up? You're going to say at least 49. <laughs> <laughs> I would say there's probably like 10 movies I've ever seen that I'd give an 11 to. Well, we'll talk about that another time. That'll yeah, be another yeah. time. Okay. And here they are. No. Okay, um, so what Oscars do we think it's going to win? Uh, do we want to get into that now? Oh, or editing. do we want to hold off on that for our- Editing for sure. I, I think, think directing for sure. for sure. To answer your question, Tom, let's do it We're now. getting into it now. Just, <laughs> We're talking about the film. We're talking about the film. The only reason- no, We I don't have that. time. We're yeah. out of time. Yes. The I, transitions between universes alone as an editing- um, Technique was amazing. Yes, Just those those shift. head flick ones, yeah. I love. Incredible. I did love that as well. Joe. And did you know? Did you know most of the VFX was done by nine people? The VFX team was nine Jesus. people. Do you know the budget for this movie was fourteen million dollars? And it, everyone's was like, oh, it was 20, it was 25. And the Daniels finally came out and was like, it was 14. Like, let's be honest, it was very cheap. That's and so it made cheap. 106 million. It's A24's highest grossing film by quite a lot. Wow. That's insane. And when I first saw it advertised, I went, this is a, just the visual effects and the look of it. I was like, oh, this is like a major studio film. And it was shocking to me when I found out it was an A24 indie film. Like, it's crazy that this can exist and look like this. Um, very, very exceptional. Well, that was out of necessity. Like Marvel have bought up all the yes. SFX companies. So I was like, ah, a guy in his basement, that's it. Yeah. But they, it. like none of them went to school. They just figured it out. Online tutorials, like it's insane that they made it look that good. Mm-hmm. Like shout out to the team. Well done, you guys. Good work. Well, you. All wonderful. You should win Oscars. You should get lots of jobs after I this. have a pal seltzer on us. Oh, the best tasting one. Not we're sponsored. Not sponsored. But the best taste. Can I say, thanks to our not sponsor, we're now in a larger studio. We've got so much more That's room true. for activities. Yes. Thanks for not Keep sponsoring. not sponsoring yeah. us. We'll be in the penthouse any day now. I now I'm no longer me. have to sit on Tom's lap while we're doing this. But I you mean, still choose still, to. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not complaining, <laughs> but, you know, he, he always just seems to have a roll of quarters in his pocket. I don't know why. I would love to tweet. I, would love to I keep it next to my raging erection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your gun is digging into my hip. <laughs> 
I'd love to tweet a picture because Tom's chair right now is is and literally Kirsten a mushroom. I'm sitting on a mushroom. I'm bouncing up and down on it excitedly. Uh, we will get a photo for. Well, I think that. it's. I think anyone who loves a film, like when you <laughs> Marcus is taking the shot right now, going live. I think if you love the film, you should have the mushroom chair. That should be a new thing. That's a okay. good point, actually. We could move around during the pod. Does anyone have anything to say <laughs> yeah. about the performances? I wrote a like? note. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, Marcus has got bits. Go no, on. seriously, I did write a note. Uh, so Deirdre. Deirdre, who was played Her by- Her name is Deirdre Bobiedra. Deirdre. Deirdre Bobiedra is the character's name. Actually? I'm not kidding. I I'm know. Kind of love and that. we just talked about oh, last mean- week how uh, in Top Gun it was Bradley Bradshaw and it infuriated <laughs> me, but Deirdre Bobiedra is the good version of that. <laughs> A million Oscars, works. please. Uh, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, um, whom I think we all love. She is pretty great. Absolutely. Um, I- oh, really? Oh, no, 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 I think Shut she's good, but mouth. I just was indifferent. I was like, I didn't really have an opinion on her until now. Okay. Have you seen a fish? I called think Wanda? I'm in the same boat as Frank on that one. I don't yeah. think I have seen a fish called Wanda. Watch a fish called Wanda. I think it might Halloween. Yeah, nah, but of course I've not I seen pee-pee. Halloween. In terms of most interesting performance in I my pee-pee. mind, it's a fish called Wanda. She's very I've, good she's in that. So fun f- in that. Even Freaky Friday, she's very good in that movie. Yeah. That might be the only thing I've really seen. She's oh, pretty so great sorry. as Lindsay Lohan. But I wrote this note. <laughs> I wrote yes. this note. And I said, "What? Why did? Is it Deirdre?" Deirdre. Why do why do Deirdre's trophies look like butt plugs? <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> later in the film, oh, <laughs> I just wrote, oh, that's why <laughs> they're butt plugs. It is actually <laughs> Chekhov's butt plug for anyone who's uh, unfamiliar with the term. Can we please go back to at least Chekhov's gun? Chekhov's at least gun. Chekhov's gun. <laughs> Chekhov's gun for anyone unfamiliar is when uh, Anton Chekhov, a playwright, said if you show a gun in the first act, it has to go off in the third act. And apparently the Daniels were like, well, what if I show a butt plug in the first act? <laughs> and boy, did it go off. It has, to get, has to get plugged. <laughs> it was so funny. And there's a slow motion Spoiler. removal of both butt plugs yes. simultaneously where there's actual spray. Yep. Did you see? Yep. Yeah, cool. It's wonderful. It's v- like we detailed. said, great VFX. Beautiful. Well, I hope it's. I hope it's digital. I A don't question know. on the mechanics of the reality. I thought you were going to say the mechanics of the butt plug. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 I get the gist. Only I, was, I, get the I would gist. say I got a lot of notes on that. Um, so the, these people that are travelling between dimensions, uh, short round being one of them, he has a little communication <laughs> machine. <laughs> he then has people in a van that are telling him what he has to do in order to slingshot his consciousness into another reality. He's told to do weird things like chew some chewing gum from the underside of a table, put paper cuts between his fingers. So upsetting. Mm. Watching this, I was like, oh, okay, so that's what he has to do in order to slingshot himself into a different reality. But the more I'm thinking about it now, it's like, no, is that what – Anyone has to do? Yes. Yes. So the idea is that there are adjacent realities and it's not necessarily that you slingshot your consciousness to fully uh, subsume them, but that you borrow aspects of that consciousness and the way you access it is by doing the most random arbitrary shit possible. But why? To? To end up within within the realm of that consciousness by doing weird shit. It doesn't. It's creating it's, like a break in that universe of yes. like that that person would not have done that normally. 
yeah. yet. And suddenly it's a, a break in reality. Yeah, go, yeah, yeah. And they can see through the crack and go, I'm going to grab that other person and their yeah. skill set. That, that makes sense to me. The Daniel's going, whatever explanation we give for this, people are going to find <laughs> plot holes. So what if we sure. make it the stupidest explanation ever? So the characters are constantly going, that sounds fucking dumb. And they're like, I know, but do it. And that's <laughs> yeah. like how they get around it. It's kind movie. of fun though. I love it. I think it's such a good meta bit of like every movie's explanation for this doesn't make sense. So this one makes the least amount of sense. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> then Michelle Yeoh has no machine. She has no people in vans. Shh. And yet she is this the one- Character. Well, that's yep. the. She was the. She's the alpha. Oh my gosh! I'm so sorry. I've forgotten her name. Is her name Ellen in the movie? No. Um, Evelyn. 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 She's the alpha in this universe. But there was an alpha her in um, Wayman Alpha's version, and she died. And so now they're looking for the most ultimate one. And the explanation is because she's the Evelyn who achieved the least in her life. She has the most potential. She's like an empty vessel. So that's it. He keeps explaining to her, like, because you never did anything of significance, you have the most. You can do it. You can do it. A lot of free bandwidth where she can out on Absolutely. So she yes. can travel essentially at free will. Mm, she still needs to do weird shit, but by the end of the movie, she kind of learns how to do it by free will yeah. because she becomes He's the one. starting and to believe. You, yes. Yeah. And as you guys identified it accurately, it is this movie couldn't exist in a post-Matrix world. As the Daniels themselves acknowledge, this movie couldn't really exist in a post-Rick and Morty world or at least- Yeah, there's a hot they, dog finger universe. Yes, they, Let's talk about that. They argue that, I think it was Daniel Kwan, but it might have been Daniel uh, Shinet. Shinet? Um, he they say that like they were writing this movie for years and then they watched Rick and Morty and were like, oh my fucking God, they're already doing what we're trying to write. And so instead of stopping, they just stopped watching Rick and Morty because they were like, well, we don't want to be accused of borrowing stuff. So whatever we put in this, we're going to say we didn't watch the show. Yeah, cool. So we don't know what was. Cool. But it's like, well, I didn't watch Rick and Morty. So sure. I didn't see any correlation. I, I guess the one other thing. <laughs> you <I'll>, bloody hipster. <laughs> the, <laughs> what? <laughs> How dare you not the, watch Rick and Morty? The one thing I'll add in here is that there's been a lot of discussion online about Dan Harmon's impact on wider cinema and culture in general. This is going to be a tiny tangent. I'll be very quick. I'm not surprised. Dan Harmon created Community. He then went on to uh, create uh, Rick and Morty with Justin Roiland. He also had Anthony and Joe Russo on uh, Community as directors, mm-hmm. who then went on to direct Avengers Infinity War <coughs> and Ruin. Endgame and a couple of I really <laughs> joke, like Infinity joke. War. Um, and they directed some of the Captain Americas. Is that true, Chris, as well? I think they might have done Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, Civil War, I Civil wanted to War, say. Maybe. I could be very wrong on right. that. The Russo Brothers. Wrong. And so Dan Harmon has kind of like infiltrated what is now wider culture when he used to be, his whole humour and subset was like nerdy shit like D&D and other very niche things that no one in the mainstream cares about. And now you can go up to someone who watches two movies a year and say the words multiverse and they'll go, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's kind of crazy that that exists because of Marvel but also this film is even an indication of this. See, I think this film achieved what Multiverse of Madness couldn't. This is the best multiverse property I've ever seen. All they did with Doctor Strange was put a goatee on him and go, now you're evil. (laughs) (laughs) Different universe. Kind of true, yeah. Yeah, That was it. I didn't hate that movie, but I agree with that assessment. Uh, Yeah, I think it's really interesting that that's been the sort of the way that these things make themselves known to the mainstream. Um, And Everything Everywhere All at Once I think is a pretty subversive version of it and it's also a film that might win Best Picture and has... Butt plugs and hot dog fingers in it. I watched a guy get beat to death with two dildos 
which is not a sentence I thought I'd ever say. You saw it happen just the other day and in Launceston, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, in yeah. this film. Outside the village cinema <laughs> the with their wooden cinema. seats. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, that was a good scene too. That was every every bit of like fight choreography. I think she's my MVP. Like I was I was asking before, but I'll go Stephanie Shu as uh, Joe Butapaki or Joy. Everything she does, she's like a Broadway villain suddenly who injects herself into the middle of the movie and every fucking scene is better. She showed the most versatility in this film, I think. She's so good. She was great. Uh, I'd agree, MVP for me as well. It's Michelle for me. I think Michelle's obviously amazing. I shouldn't insist that anyone is higher than anyone else by huge gradations. Like Michelle Yeoh is very good in this movie. Very good. Yeah. And I think when you say, oh, the most versatility, no, 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 Michelle, like the range she displays is incredible. Yeah. And also how we know her in- other films and just interviews how she is like the the character work is is pretty fantastic yeah i'm as, glad they didn't cast uh, cast scarlet joe as the lead in this one yeah i or was it a ghost in the what? shell or, reference or um, what's her name <laughs> emma stone yeah i think yeah. that would have been a weird choice that Oof. was on the table no it's the <laughs> he's talking about when scarlet it's johansson the, it's was the cast whitewashing argument uh, <sighs> she was casting ghost in a shell which meant to be an asian <laughs> and Emma Stone oh, played a native hawaiian, hawaiian yeah. in aloha. aloha and you know what it wasn't the worst thing about that <laughs> i said aloha i said aloha to that uh, it was meaning goodbye yeah I said, <laughs> come on <laughs> it was a low low <laughs> that was weird that's pretty good okay chris so, is your mvp ah uh, uh yeah, probably Jojo Bukaki. Um I just I I mistimed that. Stephanie Tom had just had a sip of red wine. I mistimed that. I'm sorry, people at home. I don't know. I've, I I almost feel that they they didn't utilize Michelle to her fullest. A lot of the scenes she was in, they used slow mo. And I'm like, no, no, let let her fucking fly. Let those fists fucking talk. And it's like, no, no she, you're using she can fight. God damn. Incredible. God damn. Let those fists fucking fly. Uh, <laughs> but they used wrong. a lot of slow-mo and stuff. The the uh, the scene with the butt plug culminates in slow-mo. And it's, okay, sure. But at the same time, like, yeah, it's it's a fun thing to use, but cut it out. Sure. I understand that. Do we think this will win Best Picture? Yes. No. Uh, well, okay. Oh. Well, if you don't think it'll win, what do you think will win? I have no idea what's going Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't, is this a conversation we'll have another time though? Or do, do we want to have it now? No, yeah. we'll, I think we'll leave it for the Oscar. Yeah, I need to well, do some research. I think we're, for the yeah. listeners, we're going to have an Oscars uh, episode and we will have tried to watch as many of the Oscar movies as possible. Stay tuned. Is this a new like renaissance of career refresh for like Brendan Fraser and Kiyi and... Uh, there's certainly, well, I should mention that the, uh, of Are the- Are you laughing at Ki Yee? Ki Yee's a- it's, He's known as Yee to his friends. Key, yeah, Yeezy. <laughs> Ki Hui Yeezy. Uh, the Oscars, the nominations of the 20 nominees for Best Actor, Actress, Supporting Actress, Supporting Actress, 16 are first time nominees. It's the first time that's happened in over 80 years. Pretty great. And a lot of it is down to people like Brendan Fraser, who are Mm -hmm. like career nominees, Jamie Mm -hmm. Lee Curtis, never been nominated, Michelle Yeoh, never been nominated, you know, these really Mm. sort of – And then a couple of young like Stephanie Hsu and Paul Mescal. Austin Butler. Bill Nye, Austin Butler, like people that you're like, wait, they haven't been nominated before? You say Bill Nye? Bill Nye is nominated for Living. Oh, nice. Best actor. Wow. Yeah. He's kind of, and again, he's the, like sort of the grandfathered in, like he probably should have a nominee so, mm. or nomination, so let's put him in there. Mm. Um, I've been very up on this film, so I'll go, I'll tell you guys the thing I 
I'll, I'll tell you how much I love this film very quickly. Why was it not an 11? Why it's not an 11? I don't know. I watched this film at cinemas last year knowing very little about it. I saw the trailer, thought it looked interesting, and I was blown away by how much I loved it. Um, and I spent the entire last act of it in tears because it emotionally upends me a lot. And the same thing happened recently. I was on a flight and I watched this film for the second time and it was a late flight, you know, red eye halfway through the night. Everyone else on the flight is asleep and I was watching it and sobbing quietly and I pulled like my jacket up over me because I didn't want someone to wake up on a flight in the middle of the night, kind of forget where they were and just turn and see like a white guy just like sobbing in the middle of the floor and be like, is this how I die? Like, what is this guy doing? So I do get very emotional watching this movie. I think the impact of Stephanie Hsu's relationship with Michelle Yeoh and even the stuff between Kehi Kwan, like when he's doing his big speech. However, he says one thing that I find unfortunate and it's not his fault or the Daniels' <laughs> fault. It's your fault. Oh, oh. he just and pointed at Frank and I in particular. Frank, and Marcus are in trouble. What? Is it Pal? I don't want to get too into this. <laughs> I will get. I will get a little bit into this. This is so loaded. What I is going on? I'm nervous. Frank and Marcus are actors. <laughs> it's so cool. Air quote. <laughs> lower cl- uh, lowercase a. Lowercase yeah. a. <laughs> and a couple of years ago, I went and saw a play they were in. That I won't say the name of. But I will say I was very fortunate to get to see them perform and perform wonderfully because they're very talented. And I'll also say that the production design of this play was very good. You'll notice what I'm not saying was good about this play. The writing. Yeah. And there was a scene at the end of this play where a person turned to the audience and said, just be kind to one another. That's the main idea. (laughs) Just be kind. And I almost (laughs) fucking like died watching that. And unfortunately, Kihi Kwan literally says the words, all I know is that we have to be kind to one another. And I go, oh, no. That's that's it? That's the only reason. That's my only gripe with this movie. So you're telling me, had you not seen this show? 11 out of 11. No. Uh, that's a bit no. much. There's maybe there's maybe like bits you could trim. Come on, that, that was the that, that was the pick your own adventure <laughs> uh, theatre play. Am yeah. I remembering the same one? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just it's ruined a lot of lives. Was, where it was be kind to one another, and we were allowed to pick no. <laughs> <laughs> for, for anyone involved in that show and is listening to this pod, this is all constructive feedback. I want to say to everyone who was performing and did production on that show, you did a wonderful job. Whoever I'm not saying did a wonderful job, you know who you are. But anyway, I think that the- I think that's accurate. I I think think that this film does a wonderful job of highlighting its, you know, necessities of kindness and love and family. And I think maybe you're right, Marcus, even if I hadn't seen that show, that would be the line that's too on the nose for me. I don't love that he just goes, I think we need to be kind to one another. Show, don't tell. Yes. And I think the showing that's way more powerful is there's a scene where- um, Evelyn bashes out with a, a baseball bat, attacks her laundromat. She gets arrested and she's watching Wayman have a conversation with Deirdre. And she's like, oh, my silly husband, what's he doing now? And somehow he convinces Deirdre to let her go. 
And he comes down and crouches by Michelle Yeoh and she's like, what did you say? And he goes, I just told her we're going through a hard time right now and to please to please help us. And then he just starts crying. Were you, and were you about to cry just yeah, now? Yeah, 100%. Hear it in your voice. This movie fucks me up. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Yeah. And that moment like ruins me as does Stephanie Shu in the car park like right at the end oh, yeah. where she's mm. just like, mum, nice why point. should we be this way anymore? Fucking let's give this up. Why do we bother? Mm. And her mum won't let her go. And mm. as Chris pointed out earlier, like they pull her out of the donut, the donut, the bagel. <laughs> Sorry, we're Australian. We don't yeah. have fucking bagels. Whoa, uh, okay. I don't do bagels. It's a beautiful movie. It's pronounced bagel. <laughs> I lived in New York. <laughs> Community <laughs> reference there. Not, not a recent reference. Dan so. Harmon. <laughs> Fabulous. So, yeah, that's I love this movie. Okay, and I feel like, just going back, <laughs> God, I got to watch it again. You and might I, have to. Yeah. Do you know what my favourite really part of this to. film was? Me. The, the fact that I actually watched it with subtitles. <laughs> well done, Marcus. Yeah. You watched it as it was intended. <laughs> so That's nice. imagine Marcus watching the rock scene and there are no subtitles. <laughs> It's just rocks for 10 minutes. It's like, did you guys get what the fuck was going on in that bit? Yeah, no sign language this time. Just rocks. Just rocks. I guess that was deep. Uh, One of them started chasing the other unprovoked. What's going on here? This is a throwback to Coda, of course, when I didn't watch the film about sign language with subtitles. How do we feel about the mid-movie credit roll? I believed it for a second. I always do. Here's my, oh, you mean as in like the end? They, when they faked the ending, yeah, um, I, I didn't believe it. I thought it was a good bit. I was, yeah. I loved. I was like, oh, I love that they're doing this. I was like, that was a quick two and a half hours. Yeah. Oh, oh, and then no. Okay, that's it. That's all I had. That's my last note. I'm down. I guess I'm we need thoughts. to talk about is anyone changing their score? It's been a, a nice topic of discussion. I have something that might add to people's scores if they didn't know this. Mm-hmm. Please, mm-hmm. Rakakuni. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The raccoon. Yep. Is voiced by Randy Newman. Oh, God damn it. So that is what? actually what? Randy Newman doing the voice of the raccoon when they're doing the like, we're friends together and it's just you and me. That's Randy Newman. Actually. Now you all uh, must give it a 10 out of 11. How are you not going to? That's like, that's the Joseph Gordon-Levitt as the bong yeah, reveal. From uh, okay. Raccoon. Frank, we'll start with you because you were a hate on this. Well, you know, and in terms of our scale. Yeah, look, I was a five. I'm going to change my score. Of course I am. Did you just hear that? He's crying about the movie. <laughs> Is there a sound effect to go with this? <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let me place my number. Oh, yeah. I just don't know if I can change it to like, though. I just, I didn't okay. like it. I finished it. I still didn't like it. So I'm not going to force you. Yeah. Don't. Stop. Tom, get off him. <laughs> <laughs> He's very light. And Chris is on me. I feel like I could go up to the middle point of a six. Because that's the middle. Mm-hmm. Good riff. Sure. Yeah, what is that? F to G? Hmm. Um, <laughs> that was five to six. But, actually. but <laughs> let me say, I, I want to give it more. I want to watch it again. And I want to. Now, what I've known and heard from Thomas and everyone, but mainly Thomas, as we know, and take that in my stride and watch it again and see if it changes my opinion. I mean, that's, that's throwing in the pal, if I've ever heard it. So a, certainly. I appreciate that. Tom's the made him want to watch it again. Beautiful. But I also made you want to watch Cats again. <laughs> <laughs> that was a morbid curiosity. Oh, that's true. That's very that's true. Chris, do you have a, a score change? Coming in, I was confident that Tom would have 
stuff that would change my mind mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to go up to a 7.5. There is there is more more to this film to be enjoyed than my two viewings have shown me thus far. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. We should all watch it as a group. We should, that Marcus. Would, I would enjoy that. Uh, same well, for me. I was willing to be swayed. I wanted to. I wanted to like it because, as I said, the second mm. watch I did. And I'm going to roll up to a... You know, I think 7.5 is pretty accurate, actually. Yeah, yeah lovely. Especially Tom tearing up in that just that little moment then yeah. because then I thought about it and I was like, nope, that got me too. It yeah. really did. Yeah. There's definitely emotionality to yep. the film. Very powerful. Uh, well yeah. done, Tom. You win the debate. Yeah, right? Tom. Yeah. Thanks. I'm feeling like an eight now, though. I don't know. I'm a bit over it. <laughs> <laughs> <It's exhausting. laughs> you guys are full of shit. Uh... Beautiful. What a fun time. I really liked that. I love how every time that music bed comes in, Tom goes, ah, anyway. It's really comforting. Yeah. It's a Pavlovian response. Every time, I would love everywhere, some Pavlova. once. Yeah. With uh, some peppermint crisp. Are we talking about Pavlova still? Or? We were talking about dessert. I'm we hungry can. now. Let's get some sushi. Thank everybody for coming. Throw in the Power is a Hey Power Productions production, is it? Yeah. yeah. And it's produced With a question by. Question mark. Produced by Chris. Frank. Marcus. Marcus. Oh, Tom. Tom. <laughs> no. This was everything, everywhere. And Tom. And, and all at once. And all With at Tom. once. Hey, you know what? Rock on. Throw in the Power.